Well, the last uh, few weeks we've been talking about uh, the rapture and ten virgins and some things like that, and I kind of thought I was finished with it, but I think there's a, a few more uh, comments that I'd like to address and make on the uh, parable of the ten virgins. Remember what we said about a parable? It means to throw down beside to compare. And uh, Gene Keaton taught me a valuable lesson many years ago. A parable has a main point that is teaching. If you try to take it to the nth degree, it will break down. Uh, and I like, I, I like looking at little things. I like looking at the, the, the us and the they and the them and the we and the I. Uh, I can be very good or it can be very bad. I chose the Lord. I'll exalt my throne and most of high. That I is very bad. So I like looking at that. But in the parable, first we need to look at, okay, what is it's to throw down beside to compare. We, we don't want to lose sight of that and then connect things as, as we can. So I want to go back to Matthew chapter 25. <clears throat> and uh, this parable, uh, before I read it, one thing is not teaching about salvation of your soul. It's teaching about rewards. Uh, whether in the bride or outside of the bride, it's teaching about rewards. And the first 12 verses talks about, and in verse 13 is the explanation of, of the whole thing. So we don't want to lose sight of uh, certainly the explanation. So let's read this, and then we'll go back and comment on a few things that I didn't uh, spend much time on or comment on at all. And we'll look at this again. Matthew 25 and verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil and their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, not lest there be not enough for us and you, but go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. So, so many things that I want to say and, and bring out. Uh, first of all, as we look at individual words and so forth, uh, I have heard more than one person uh, say this, said, well, uh, when you look at a word, there's a law of first usage. Now, there's not a law of first usage, but this is something that they will say. 
you go back, if you look at a particular word, you go back to the first place it was used in the scriptures, and that's what it means throughout. That is not true. It is false. Uh, even just a quick example, I don't want to get too carried away with this. Goats. There's a judgment of the sheep and goat nations. So goat there is in a negative sense. You can't find any other place in the scriptures where goat is used in a negative sense. Goat was offered for sacrifices and for sin offerings and so forth. Remember the scapegoat and everything? So, uh, so when you see a particular word in a particular place, doesn't mean it means the same thing everywhere else. It, uh, by God's grace, we will study that and see what those particular things mean. So here in this, verse 13 is the explanation of the parable. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. As far as judgments, people say, how many judgments are there? I don't know. I don't know. You can call some things judgments. You can call them separations. You can look at a lot of different things. I don't have the answer to that, actually. I've never, I've never looked for it as far as that goes. I do know uh, there is a rapture out of the church. I'll talk about that. And then after the church, there's another, you can call it a judgment or separation if you want, and that's what the parable of the ten virgins is talking about. There's another separation there of when the church is called out. So you can call that a judgment if you want. There's a lot of things we may call judgments or separation. So I actually, I, I've never counted, uh, but uh, I know there are different. It's not just these heaven, these lake of fire. I know it's not just that. We know that. So, okay. So, uh, in verse 13, watch therefore, we talked about that watching last week. Spent a lot of time on it, and I don't think I'll go into detail on it. But as a servant watching, what are they doing? They're doing the labor of a servant. And we talked some about the labor and the works and so forth. I'll not go into that again. Uh, watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man cometh. Now he comes... We talked about the rapture. He, he comes at the rapture to take out his church. We, we don't know the day nor the hour. But anyway, he, he cometh. And he takes out his church. And there's a separation or there's a judgment of the bride. And, uh, but while that is taking place, while the separation while the marriage is taking place in glory down in the earth, the great tribulation has started. And that's going on. And at the end of that great tribulation, uh, then the Lord comes back to fight that final battle of Armageddon uh, and then leads on into the millennial reign. But his bride comes back with him, dressed in fine linen, clean and white. Uh, okay, so now let's, let's try to touch on some things again, or some things uh, that I didn't uh, bring out clearly uh, last time. So verse 25, or chapter 25, verse 1, 
Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to, to ten virgins. Just don't lose sight of that. You say, well, that can mean young maidens. Many times in the scriptures it can mean young maidens. Uh, a lot of people don't believe the Lord was born of a virgin. They say, well, it's born of a young maiden. But again, if you look at that argument, it doesn't mean young maiden, doesn't mean a virgin. And I say, yes, I don't think there's any, uh, really any debate there as far as that goes. Do you think, as we look at this, do you think young maiden is referring to a certain age? Young maiden, do you think it's referring to a certain age? If I pass you, if I pass out a piece of papers and I ask you, do you think it's referring to a certain age? Would you put down a certain age? And if you did, then I ask you, what age is that? And then I'll ask another question. What chapter and verse gives you that age? Something else, young maiden. Does that mean female only? Uh, I believe it's talking about virgins. Let's go to, uh, and you can hold your place here. We'll be coming back to Matthew. Let's go to Revelations chapter uh, 2. And I think we, uh, we went to this, but I'll go, uh, go to it again. Revelation chapter 2. And I believe these things are interesting to study. We may not have all the answers. And you may study and may, may not find the answer. But you'll find answers to other things by God's grace as well. So, Revelation 2 and... Uh, Verse 20, the church of Thyatira here. And verse 20 says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou allowest that woman Jezebel, who calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Now again, Jezebel, I believe, was the 6th century B.C. Uh, uh, King Ahab took her to be his wife. She was of another nation. And this was not uncommon. They would do this. Well, we'll make, we'll make peace. This other nation here, I'll take, the king will take the daughters of one of them kings, and we'll have peace. Of course, the Lord told him not to do that. When you go in there, kill every man, woman, child, and all that. But anyway, so King Ahab took Jezebel uh, to be his wife and uh, caused them to worship other gods or, or Baal. And that was because Jezebel wasn't alive. He wasn't alive here. She wasn't alive at the time that the Lord here is uh, sent this message to Thyatira. She wasn't alive then, so it wasn't literally her. But it was worshiping these false false gods. And then, uh, let me let me start verse twenty and read a little farther. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou allowest that woman Jezebel, who calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds." 
So these that the Lord cast into bed with her, that commit this adultery and this fornication, do you think they're still virgins? Do you think they're labeled as virgins? But wonder if they're just young. It's not talking about that, is it? Not talking about it at all. Uh, even though they may be young or may not be young, it's not talking about that. But committing adultery and fornication, and which is the worshiping of, of false gods and everything. But these would not be considered virgins. Now, uh, I mentioned this, and this is a little something I had a little trouble getting hold of. So they weren't virgins here. They committed adultery and fornication. But if the Lord calls them to repent, being born again, not spiritual life, being born again and having the, the new man, so to speak, then they would be considered virgins, not committing this adultery and fornications. And uh, it, uh, well, verse 23 and I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searcheth the minds and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. It's not talking about salvation. But it says here, it says, and I will kill her children with death. I don't have time. I'd like to go back there. We go Romans a lot. Romans chapter 7. Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit there, is saying, I speak to you, didn't know the law. He rehearses the law with them uh, and everything. And then he says uh, uh, that those that were not faithful unto the Lord, those that were not dead to the law, those were looking at the, the law for the salvation and everything. He said, you bring forth fruit unto death. Didn't say they was going to the lake of fire. But the fruit. You bring forth fruit unto death. Now here, Jezebel and those that commit fornication and adultery with her, it said, I will kill her children with death. There'll be no fruit from that. No fruit unto God. There'll be no fruit unto God. In fact, uh, Romans chapter 7, if you want to read it sometime and you have time, it says they bring forth fruit unto death. But then later, that they're, uh, they're separated, they're dead to the law, then they bring forth fruit unto God. So there's a difference in this, uh, in this fruit. So, uh, verse 23 again in here in Revelation, and I will kill her children with death. From that relationship, those that are... are Married or committing fornication with Jezebel, fornication, adultery. There's no fruit unto God for that. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give unto every, uh, give unto every one of you according to your works. See, this is talking about rewards. It's not talking about the salvation of their souls. It's talking about rewards. Uh, so now let's go back to uh, Matthew again. So verse 1, these were all uh, virgins. Verse 2, it describes these virgins, but nevertheless, 
These are virgins. Not committed adultery and fornication with Jezebel. Not in the beds of Jezebel. Not bringing forth fruit into death. So about these virgins in verse 2, and five of them were wise and five were foolish. All virgins. All pure and undefiled from the doctrines of the world. I was going to spend time, and I don't have time to talk about defile and defilement. Uh, but these were not defiled with the doctrines of the world. They were virgins, all ten of them. They had not been in bed with Jezebel and worshiping other gods, or at least the new man after the new birth, they had not. So now, uh, let's see, verse, let's look at verse uh, 3 and 4. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now this speaks to the readiness. This speaks to uh, what verse 13 talks about, uh, watching. Because that's what this was. This was watching. So that's what verse 3 and 4 is talking about, this readiness or this watching. Five foolish took no oil, five wise did. This speaks to the readiness. This speaks to the water watching, which is what this parable is talking about. Talking about watching. And then verse 25. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now, Jesus Christ is not tarrying. He's coming back. But we might say now, while he's tarrying, or our life here. So they all slept and slumbered. Now, when I said, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about sometimes don't, don't look at that uh, uh, law of first usage. Sometimes sleeping and slumbering is a bad thing. It's a negative thing. Here, it is not, because, now, if just the foolish did, then we say, well, that's a negative thing. But both the wise and the foolish slept. This is talking about rest and peace. Now, they were secure in their salvation, all ten of them. They were secure, they slept and slumbered, all of them. Dolores, if, if uh, we went out tonight and I got you a sleeping bag, very warm, so it's not going to be the weather, you're going to be very warm and everything like that, and you slept outside, or then you was outside, and you heard the coyotes out there, the coyotes, they've really been going crazy, would you sleep and slumber? I think we know the answer to that. You wouldn't feel secure. You wouldn't sleep in slumber. If I, and so let's say, I, okay, each of you, then I'd say, okay, the same thing. We're going to go to the zoo. And down there where the lions and tigers and bears are, if I'd gone to a, uh, a movie, anyway, lions and tigers and bears, give you a sleeping bag, would you sleep? Would you rest and slumber? I know the answer to that. But some of you may say, well, I'm not afraid of lions and bears. How about if I, there was this, now usually in the zoo, they got the snakes in small containers. But let's say they had this big 
room and everything. And all kind of snakes and everything. Now I give you a sleeping bag. Would you sleep in slumber? <laughs> Jerry's not here on earth with us anymore, but I know what his answer would be. Jerry didn't like snakes. He wouldn't sleep in slumber, and neither would you. Not secure. But these, the wise and the foolish virgins, all slept and slumbered. They rested. They were secure. Uh, so then, uh, verse uh, 6, At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. If we keep in context of what this is teaching, watching, that's the explanation of it in verse 13. Can't we say, when it says, give us of your oil, can't we say, give us of your readiness? Give us of your watching? Give us of your work as a servant? I think we can, because that's what it's talking about. I think we can say that. And Betty, as we talked before, that's something you can't give me. You can't give me your work as a servant. Now, I may benefit from the fruits uh, of your, uh, your study and your fellowship and, and all those things. I may benefit from the fruits of that, but you can't give me, you can't lay that to my account, your readiness. And that's what, I believe that's what this is talking about, the readiness, the watching, which the parable is teaching. Verse 13, keep that in mind. Can't give that. Don't have time to talk about the comforter again, but... The Lord's true churches where the comfort abides would not deny any, anybody that is not uh, those that are not in bed with Jezebel. Those that are virgins, pure and undefiled, would not deny any of those. That, so that, that does not fit. All may mean Holy Spirit other places, and certainly it does. But here it does not. It's referring to verse 13, watching in readiness. Some were some were not. Now, the Lord predetermines all that, okay? I'm not saying there's any free will in that at all. Now, quickly, verse uh, 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready. We could say they that were watching. They that were doing the work of a servant. All that, that's what it's saying. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. This is not the Lord saying, uh, uh, I don't think I know you. We haven't been introduced. The Lord knows everybody and everything. It's not saying that. The Lord wasn't ignorant of who they were. He knew exactly who they were. But he says, I won't know you as my bride. These virgins, pure and undefiled, will not have the same reward. They'll not be rewarded as those that will be of the bride. There's a difference of reward. In no way is it speaking of salvation of their very souls. Uh, they that were ready 
They that were watching, they were doing work as a servant. They that were putting their talents to use that the Lord had given them. Now these foolish, they, wouldn't, they were not in bed with Jezebel, fornication, adultery. They were virgins. And they were not cast into great tribulation. See, that's what we read in Revelation. Those that were in bed with, uh, with Jezebel and fornication and adultery were cast into great tribulation. They went on through. They weren't called out to the rapture. These had all been called out. These are part of the church. They had the leadership of the comforter or they would not be virgins. Someone that's not led by the leadership of the comforter, the spirit of truth, they're not going to be faithful unto the Lord. They won't be virgins. So these are not defiled. These, even the foolish, are not defiled with uh, Jezebel and the false doctrines. Uh, so now, if we go down in, in, uh, uh, in verse 14, the parable of the talents. And I'm not going to read it all for time's sake. But you know, first of all, it says he gave to his own servants. His servants. Not servants of Satan. There, there are those that follow Satan, follow the minister of Satan. He gave to his own servants. And one he gave one, one he gave two, one he gave five talents. Uh... And we know the one that he gave one uh, said he buried it in the earth. The one that he gave two, they put it to usury and, and it was multiplied. And the one that he gave uh, five, and it was multiplied. But the one that he gave one, buried it in the earth. Not a good servant, as we would look at the parable. Not a good servant. Uh, now this parable, don't, the numbers, well, let me say it this way. I think the parable, and I'm not adding to the Lord's words, okay? I'm trying to explain it a little better, what, uh, what it's meaning. This parable, without changing the meaning, could have said he give a million servants one talent and he gave a million servants two talents and he gave a million servants five talents and it could have said and uh, the, the, the million that he gave five they multiplied gave five more the one that he or the million that he gave two they gave uh, 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 back, uh, or it gained two others and everything. And the million that he gave one, and, and this won't change the meaning of the parable. He could have said 500,000 of them, multiplied it, and they had two. But then there's 500,000 of them, didn't do anything with it. it the talent wasn't this servant that the Lord gave him, I'll say, of his goods, were multiplied. He had the talent, 
Had, had it, he had it, didn't do anything with it. So he's not the number one that is, is uh, meaning here, but they buried, and, and used to, I thought this was the way he buried in earth. He buried it in earthly wisdom, but it wasn't that at all. Wasn't anything wrong with the talent. The only thing wrong with the servant didn't do the work of a servant uh, that, that the Lord had given him. Uh, so there were some that put it to good use, or that put it to use as the Lord commanded, and some or one did not. But they had. They had the good that the Lord gave them. Uh, and again, this is not teaching salvation of their souls. It's teaching reward. Uh, so we go to verse 30, and I'm skipping over a lot of wonderful things, but go to verse 30. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Is that the lake of fire? His servants cast into the lake of fire? Well, what can it mean? Uh, Revelation chapter 21. Uh, we're about out of time. Revelation chapter 21. And we don't want to forget about verse 30. There's questions to ask about verse 30. Cast this one. Outer darkness. Be weeping, uh, uh, weeping and, and gnashing of teeth. All those that are not going to be in the bride. There'll be sadness there. Be wiped away. But anyway, okay. Now, uh, Revelation 21. And verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and, and uh, talked with me, saying, Come here, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. What, where? Where are we going to see this? Where is he going to show us the bride, the Lamb's wife? Where is he going to show us this? Verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. The new Jerusalem. He says, I'm going to show you the bride. So what's he say? What's, he show? what's the next picture then? All oh, this new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. That's the next thing that he shows us. Uh... And, of course, the bride is inside this new Jerusalem. So I'm going to show you the bride. Then he saw this city coming down and the bride inside this new Jerusalem. The bride is inside with the Lord. The bride is inside with the groom. The bride is inside with the Lamb. Uh, 
And again, I'd love to read all this, but let's go to verse 21. Uh, now, that's not where I want to go. Let's see. Uh, 22. Uh, and I saw no temple in it. This is a city where the bride and the bridegroom is. And I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty mighty, and the Lamb are the temple of it. So inside. And this is written that we may look at it. Can we fully understand it? Well, I certainly can't. But no temple in it. But inside was the Lord God Almighty, and the Lamb are the temple of it. That's inside the city. Verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it. To shine in it. For the glory of God did light it, and the Lamb is the lamp of it. So the bride is inside with the Lord, with the groom, with the lamb, not outside the city, inside the city. And what's contained inside the city? God, the Lamb, the temple, the light. Jesus Christ and his bride are inside the city. Now, what about outside? We know it's inside, and, and we can read more about the streets, the gold, and so forth. But what about, that's inside, what about outside? Verse 24, And the nations of them who are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. So there are some outside, non-dwellers, but they go in and out. Uh, 26, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. So there's some that go in and out. They're not of the bride. They're not of the bride. But verse 27 tells us this. Okay, they might not be of a bride, but I'll tell you what. Verse 27, and these shall in no way enter into anything that defileth non-virgins. Non-virgins are defiled. And there shall no way enter into it anything that defiles, neither he that worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they are written in the Lamb's book of life. This, only virgins. And yes, outside, I believe there will be some foolish virgins. Virgins. But not of the bride. Didn't know them as the bride. Outside. So again... Not of the bride. But let me, gosh, I got two minutes. 
This may take five. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, so again, as we talk about this bride, I, I don't want us to, and I tried to touch on it last week, and I'm sure I didn't bring it out very well. As we, as we think of the bride, don't think of this, well, what's in it for me? That's, that's not the way to think of it. And I was trying to think, Jan, how am I going to express, how am I going to express this? I don't want us to think, when we think of the bride, what's in it for me? Yes, to think being, being with the Lord and the blessings and everything, yes, I, I understand that. And, and yes, uh, certainly, Chuck, we have this to look forward to. But I don't want to look at from the, the point of view that, yes, I'll be the bride, it's all about me. I don't, we're, we're missing something if that's our viewpoint. I'll try to explain it this way, and I'll know whether I'll probably fail again, but I'll try to explain it this way. Let's say there is a reward for being a good and faithful father. Or there's a reward. Now, I'm, talk, I'm talking about a, an earthly parable now. Throw down beside to compare. There is a reward for being a good and faithful mother. Let's say there is a reward for being a good and faithful son or daughter or wife or husband. I think I've covered about everything, or uncle or nephew or whatever. But let's say there was a reward for that. As I look at you folks, I can start to go all around, Debbie and Keith, I know a good and faithful uh, uh, mother and father to your kids and to your grandkids. I, I know they are. And I could say daughter and son as well. And Helen, good and faithful mother, I know. I could say that. And we said, one of us a reward for this. And Chuck, you as well, and, and, and uh, Nicole, and uh, Jam, I can say the same thing. Good and faithful mother and daughter. And daughter to you, good and faithful daughter. And Betty, uh, uh, daughter and mother and Bill and, and, and Dolores, whatever category we want to look at, it, we can say... And there's going to be a reward for it. Here it is. Good and faithful. But let me ask you. Would you have done it for this? No. You did it for your children or your loved ones. That's why you did it. it wasn't, now this certainly is a bonus. But you didn't do it for this. You did it for others. You did it for loved ones. And as we look at the bride, that's what I'm saying. It's not about, oh, I, I want to make it end because good for me. No. You, the things that you do, the thing, this readiness, this watching, this doing the, the work and labor of a servant, is that you've done it for him. Not that we'll get gain. Yes, we'll get a reward, but what will we do with them? Well, we'll cast them back at his feet. Lord, we don't deserve it. We have them because of you. So, 
what I'm saying is we go through this earthly, well, start to say as we go through this earthly walk, but actually as we go through the spiritual walk on the earth, while the Lord's tearing, if you will, eyes not on the reward, the eyes on what? The Lord and what he's done for us. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he gave you one talent. Maybe he didn't give you 10 or 20. Maybe, maybe you spend your whole life and the Lord used you just to touch one sheep that maybe he calls that one sheep to, uh, uh, to ask a, a question in his salvation and, 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 and you put a seed of truth. You, the, the talent you did have, you gave. And maybe in your whole life, just one. Cindy's not here uh, this morning. I don't believe. I don't think I saw her. But uh, uh, I remember one time she asked Brother Don about, said, is God a personal God? And I understand the question. Read about the God of Israel and everything. But I, I remember Don so well taught that lesson then. Is he a personal God or just God of everything? And he shows, well, he's a personal God. And, and Cindy, of course, has as a servant has done much more than the God, God has called Cindy as a servant to do much more than that. But it was just that one thing. There's a, a story that I, I hesitate to use. I'll use it anyway. The world uses uh, salvation of soul and free will and, and our everything like that, but I, I don't I hope you can see it the way that I, that I mean it. This little boy, you've heard the story, uh, he's on the beach walking through and all these starfish was washed up on the shore, some kind of storm or something. And the little boy's going down there taking starfish and just throwing them back in, throwing them back in. And man come up to him and says, well, what are you doing, son? Well, I'm saving these starfish. And again, I hesitate using the word save there. We're not going to save any souls. I understand that. But he says, well, and he had one in his hand and getting ready to throw it. And he says, well, son, said, you can't save all these. Or how was it? said, no, you can't. You can't make a difference in all these thousands and millions here. And the one he had in his hand, he threw it in. And he says, it made a difference to that one. If the Lord has given you one talent or half of a talent or a hundred talents or five talents, if it's just reaching one of his sheep, that's not a small thing to that sheep. So as we look at this, bride, not, we don't, oh, that I'll have this, it's that you have done this to magnify your Lord, to worship the Lord, watching work as a servant. And again, he's the one calls us to do it. And if we feel lacking, as I do so many times, what do we do? Pray, Lord, put this in me, put this desire, put this ability in me. But we think of our Lord. 
That's what it's about. So this watching and, and ready, yes, there'll be some, they'll have the reward of being in the bride with the Lord. There'll be others that he's ordained that, that they won't be. And there'll be those that'll be outside. They'll go in and out bringing honor and glory and don't understand everything about that. There will be those in the lake of fire. But I guarantee you they're not true members of the Lord's true churches. And so let me answer a question. Well, who's going to be in the lake of fire and who's not? Well, that's an easy one. Those that the Lord died on the cross to pay for their sins won't be in the lake of fire. Those that he didn't will be. So that, that part's easy. I know that's not an answer maybe you want, but that's, uh, that's it. <clears throat> Those the Lord died for and shed his blood, they will be in the lake of fire. Those that he didn't will be. Now, among those that he, that he did, there'll be different rewards. Some will be in the bride. Some will be outside the bride. They'll be different. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.